0: The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, healthcare, and other topics impacting our communities.
1: It seems most consumer products have a nutrition label these days. Restaurant menus, breakfast cereal, and our favorite candy bar. And soon, broadband service will be no different. My guest, Guy Benson, is the Policy Director in Regulatory Affairs at JSI on this episode of Lead Tennessee Radio to help us understand what a broadband nutrition label is. Welcome, Guy. Thank you for joining me.
0: Carrie, I am delighted to be here. Thank you.
1: To start the conversation, explain to us who introduced broadband labels and the reasons or reason behind them.
0: Sure. Well, uh, so imagine that you're shopping for a car and every car and every dealership had a different amount of information. Uh, One talked about the mileage you could get. Another one talked about what the the fee to transfer the car was. And and the third one had the actual like all in price. We've long had uh, labels that uh, helped enable consumers to compare competing products and make thoughtful and informed purchasing decisions. So similarly, and this happened, it began in about 2009, the FCC came up with the concept of having a broadband label. To also address the needs of consumers, uh, to be able to understand the various service plans available from broadband providers, uh, and so what they did was they enacted uh, transparency rules that required the disclosure of certain broad elements of service plans. Now, since then, it took it took six years uh, until they actually uh, came up with. Th- a, 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 this idea for a label. And um, in the second open internet order, they enhanced and strengthened the pricing transparency rules, uh, requiring uh, some specific elements uh, for that ISPs had to disclose, uh, like the full monthly service charge, including promotional and standard rates, and uh, uh, all one time and recurring fees and whether data caps would be imposed and some other some other items. And what they said was, look, here's this label template that if you fill in the information in this label, you will have complied with these new extensive transparency rules. Well, not too late after that, uh, the FCC reversed course. Uh, And they uh, basically eliminated the the broadband label Safe Harbor. So that was in 2017. Then what happened? We had the pandemic. Uh, And as part of this, the uh, Biden administration passed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which did a lot of things, as we know. But one of the things is it directed the FCC to require broadband Internet service providers to... Basically, display in the form of these labels certain information regarding their broadband internet access service plans.
1: So, this template, uh, is all of the information at this time finalized, um, what will be required from the broadband providers?
0: Uh, Basically, the label must include information about pricing, uh, introductory rates, if, if, if applicable, uh, including the rate uh, that will be applied after the introductory period, uh, what are the data allowances, performance metrics, and whether the provider participates in the uh, ACP, the Affordable Connectivity Program.
1: Okay, it's certainly a complicated issue. There's uh, a
0: lot. There's a lot to, that goes on these.
1: Will all ISPs be required to implement these labels? and and if so, what what kind of timeline are they looking at right now, or is that still up in the air?
0: So um, well, another great question. Yes, all ISPs are required uh, to implement these labels. Um, but as I was mentioning earlier, so we still have not had the Office of Management and Budget Review. Uh, and then they will publish that review in the federal register. So that could come at any time now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't expect it next week, but it could come next month. Once that happens, then there's two uh, main dates. Although for our listeners today, I think that um, most will probably have fewer than 100,000 subscriber lines. And if that's the case, then um, then there is a... One year implementation period. So we are looking at at least a year, um, probably a little bit more for those, um, for, for those folks. Now, uh, the way the subscriber line standard is measured is that the FCC is going to look at your last, uh, uh, FCC form 477, and they're also going to, uh, include the, um, the customers of all of your affiliates as well. So if you are one of those providers with fewer than 100,000, you will have a one year implementation period. For anybody out there that has more than 100,000 subscriber lines, it's going to be a six month um, uh, period.
1: So guy, when I buy a loaf of bread, I may check the carbs or the calories uh, to help me make a buying decision. If I stop in, call, or go to my local broadband provider's website, what will be the best way for them to present this broadband label information? Is it going to be required at every point of sale? or And is it only required at a new sale or even when I call in about a bill inquiry?
0: Right. Well, Gary, number one... There is a format that the FCC adopted, and um, that's why it's called the broadband label. It resembles the FDA's nutrition labels. <clears throat> Providers must display the actual label. It, it can't be an icon or, or a link um, and uh, in close proximity to the associated plan advertisement. So uh, basically, there are time and place considerations that we have to talk, talk about. So in terms of, of, of this requirement that the label be presented at the point of sale. So the point of sale is the time at which the consumer views specific broadband plans available to them at their service location. So a lot of times that's going to be where you get online and you're like, OK, I need to get some some Internet service for my house. Uh, I put in my zip code, I hit enter and then bam, the next page that comes up is gonna s- talk about, you know, available plans. So that's where the, um, the point of sale is required to have this uh, this la- the, the label for each plan. Um, and then the broadband labels that are displayed should be only for services that are currently offered to new customers. So, so once you no longer offer a plan, even though it's still being taken advantage of by previous customers, if it's not available to new customers, then you do not need the label for that anymore. Um, Now, there are various potential points of sale. Uh, The most common one is going to be on a provider's website. Uh, although it also includes any other channels through which the service is sold. So we've got the primary advertising webpage. Then we have alternative sales channels. Um, It could be uh, an ISP-owned retail location, third-party-owned retail locations over the phone. Um, And what's required here is you can, at all of these, Uh, locations, you can fulfill the requirements by providing a hard copy of the label. But some of them, that's impossible, like over the phone, well, how do you do that? Um, And so there is uh, a requirement there that you you direct the the customer to the place where they can access the, the label. So you could you could hand a customer a card with a printed URL, or a QR code, or you could you could actually, you could also orally read the entire label to the consumer over the phone. Now that seems a little, uh, a, a little bit um, burdensome. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there's a couple of different ways, but the key here is that whichever way you make sure that the customer has seen and understands that label, you have to document this, and uh, the documentation is required to be retained for two years. Um,
1: wow. Okay, yeah. so that that means adjustments to billing systems and record keeping, and all of those good things, right?
0: Exactly, and 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 you know we're, we're looking at ways that we can try to automate as much of this as possible.
1: So I, I, many years ago, I worked in customer service, and I know you went through the plans with the customer and finding out what they needed. So you're saying that if they come to, into the office or call there has to be some documentation that they checked that, yes, they read the card or they promised to read it later when they go home and look at the website or something like that. Right.
0: Precisely. And, uh, you know, there is some flexibility at this point in terms of the precise method of documentation. But I think, you know, as long as we just keep in mind that the, the key is, you know, ensuring the customer is able to compare the plans and, um, uh, and then, uh, you know, making sure that we just have some kind of documentation of that. So it could be a form that, um, you know, your customer service representative fills out and then, um, you know, just make sure that they, uh, they store that for two years, um, that kind of thing.
1: All right. So I understand that it uh, it is required for every single broadband plan that your company may offer, no matter if it's 100 megabits or a gig. Um I know there's companies out there that do offer different packages. They may have several packages. And some may offer other technologies like DSL, fixed wireless. So this plan or this documentation, broadband label, is required for every one of those plans. And a question, if I am in customer service, if if I go in to purchase service and I'm interested in a gig-only do I only have to look at that one particular broadband label or am I required to look at every broadband label for every plan they offer?
0: Well, so another great question. So just to be clear, there's not actually a requirement that the, that the customer look at the label. It's really that the provider make it available. Okay. okay. So, so um, but to answer your question, yes, it is required for every plan, no matter the speed. Um, the, the, the requirement is actually any uh, service that is um, a mass market retail service. Uh, this includes both residential and business customers. And so the only thing it doesn't apply to are, um, you know, very kind of particularized enterprise service offerings or special access services, um, which are, are more tailored and individualized and have kind of negotiated service plans those types of things, maybe you uh, have a a plan with a hospital or something, Um, those will not require the the labels. But every plan with a a different speed um, that is a mass market retail service is going to require a unique identifier um, for each of the plans. And um, as far as I think you mentioned bundles, so um, the label is for standalone broadband services. Uh, and, and, and you can, um, you can link to, uh, a bundle on the website if you want to, but there's no, um, there's no requirement for that. And basically, uh, what goes on each label is just going to be, um, you know, that one service plan in uh, in and of itself.
1: Okay. Well, let's, talk about marketing just a bit a little bit we talked about sales point of sales but if i'm the marketing department and i'm putting a promo on the back of my magazine or i'm sending it out on a direct mail piece how would that be handled guy would would there be something on the marketing piece that would direct them to the labels or is that even required in the advertising piece for a broadband company
0: Well, so the key there would be uh, whether or not that would be considered an alternative sales channel. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's my uh, assessment that that would not be included. Um, They're not going to require you in marketing materials to have these labels unless the marketing is done, uh, for example, you know, at your retail location or. Or, um, you know, on your website, that's that's where the uh, um, that's where the, the, the label requirements will kick in.
1: OK, that's good to know. So you talked about the comments that are being sent in. What are you hearing from your JSI clients? Are, you know, are there concerns? Does everyone feel comfortable with implementing the labels? Are they still figuring out what's going on there?
0: Yep. Um, to all of that. Uh, absolutely. Um, So we think it's probably a good idea to start getting used to to how this is uh, going to operate. Um, But, you know, one of the keys underlying the FCC's orders here is that the label should remain simple and easy to understand so that that folks can can make an apples-to-apples comparison. Now, um, I think especially small providers are concerned uh, with how to implement some of the uh, the the point of sale documentation requirements. Mm.
1: Um,
0: you know, our clients are, uh, are, are, are almost exclusively small providers. They don't have, uh, you know, complicated, uh, compliance departments that they're, they're, they're able to, to, uh, you know, spend countless hours on this stuff. So, um, you know, there, I think there is concern with the point of sale. Um, and, uh, also trying to figure out, you know, how can as much of this be automated as possible? Um, you know, with their, uh, the unique identifier, it's like a 15 digit number that needs to be created out of three different pieces and, and, and this documentation that's required. How can we automate it? So that's what we're going to be looking at helping, um, helping, um, folks, folks do. And, and, you know, I might also mention at this time, um, you know, the further notice of proposed rulemaking uh, we, we, that we mentioned earlier. So, uh, JSI filed comments uh, on behalf of our, our rural uh, clients, and um, we, <clears throat> uh, you know, had um, a couple of main points. Uh, one is, you know, just FCC, please, you know, keep in mind the burdens uh, that, that, that compliance requirements can have on especially, you know, the small and rural providers. Uh, but we uh, we also specifically suggested that the FCC come up with uh, kind of a, a standardized PDF template where you just go to this template and you fill in the information that's required in each box and you know that if you've filled in all the information that you've you've uh, complied with the the, the the requirements along with that the FCC is um, asking about, uh, you know, translating these labels into uh, a a lot of different languages. And Mm -hmm. um, we have suggested that the FCC provide the translation themselves. So um, that would be easiest for for folks. If you could just go online, pull down one of these PDFs, pick the languages that, um, you know, that are, uh, exist in your service area and then uh, put in the information, um, you know, one time and then maybe, it, you know, it, it uh, copies it to all the other languages and things like that. The other thing is, is <clears throat> the, with this further notice of proposed rulemaking, <clears throat> the FCC is asked, should the, it require even more comprehensive pricing information? Should it require information on bundled plans? Should labels have like a interactive uh, uh, element to them? Uh, Should it include service reliability or performance characteristics? And another one is cybersecurity. The FCC wants to know if carriers should have to put their cybersecurity protocols on these labels. So we say no to all of that. Um, You know, why should the FCC be seeking to add more requirements to these labels before they're even been required yet. We still are a ways out until until they're required. So um, those are some of the things uh, that we've been looking at.
1: Well, two things I take away from that is all of those extra things that they're thinking about certainly goes against the idea of having a simple broadband label that could certainly complicate it up quite a bit, right?
0: It, no, exactly, Carrie. We we think that you know having it simple means not overloading it with information and making it so complicated, because then it just de- defeats the very underlying purpose that everyone agrees is is what should be, which is that customers can understand this and make informed, in- informed decisions.
1: And I think the PDF uh, template from the FCC would not only be very helpful to the broadband providers, but as a consumer, if I am changing companies or moving, um, it would certainly be helpful that they all look alike instead of every company's uh, broadband label looks a little different. So I can see simplicity there if they did come out with a template.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and that's kind of the goal from the beginning with the labels, like I mentioned at the at the beginning of the program about uh, car dealerships and, and food nutrition labels. It's the same thing here, but yes, anything we can do to, to make it more standardized, and uh, and more consistent, I think, is going to have exactly the the impact that you mentioned there.
1: Mm-hmm. And although everything is not wrapped in a little bowl yet and completely finalized and there are comments still being filed, it is a great idea for the broadband providers to be thinking about this and getting ahead of it versus being behind um, and rushing to get it done. And I I have talked to several uh, of our members, and they are preparing for it. So they hope to be ahead of the game when the time comes with those timelines. And and as you said, most of our members are under that 100,000 customer base. So they do have that year to implement. And I assume the year goes into place, the year timeline, is after the comments are filed and the final um, ruling comes out? Uh,
0: yes. So there will be a publication notice in the federal register, uh, once the OMB has, uh, approved of the paperwork reduction requirements and, 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 and all of that. And so don't worry, you'll know, uh, folks will know when it's, when it's coming.
1: Thank you, Guy. I appreciate your time.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: My guest has been Guy Benson, Policy Director in Regulatory Affairs at JSI. You've been listening to Lee Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our states, rural communities, and beyond with world-class broadband.